Hello, you are listening to episode 13 of the Zero Waste Life Hacks podcast, a podcast that shares facts and hacks around a variety of everyday topics. I'm Sophia Ratkovich, a Zero Waste consultant and your host, and I am joined by my co-host and DJ extraordinaire, Hello, Michelle Sinclair. Uh, so today's topic is really exciting. It's the topic of compost. Yay. <laughs> I'm very excited. I have been wanting to do this episode since we came up with the idea of doing the podcast. Long time coming. And with us today, we have our special guest, Monique Figueredo. She's the founder of Compostable LA, a community compost company whose mission is to close the loop in our food system by transforming former waste into future nutrients. Hello, hello, hello. You're the founder. I'm I'm the big, big boss lady. You're the big cheese. <laughs> yes. You're the big cheese, but we don't put cheese in compost, do yes, we? Yes, we can. We can. Oh, we can, we can. Right Under the right it. situations, oh, we can. Oh my gosh. Okay, compost so me when I die. <laughs> I would say that the first thing, if anyone's listening to get us hooked in, is answering these kind of questions. What goes in our compost? What kind of compost can we have? What does composting even mean? And that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, we're gonna have to break that down, but I can. Let's do it. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. Well, we're really happy to have you here. And I think, you know, we're talking about compost here as like an end product, but we really wanna start talking about so, what is it in the beginning? And it's just a lot of it ends up being food waste. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like to remind people that composting is both a noun and a verb. Um, so there's the act of composting, which is the act of diverting your food scraps into um, a recyclable system. And mm. then there's the the noun, which is the finished product. Uh, that is a really powerful soil amendment. But when you start thinking about it as a noun and a verb, it actually really impacts um, the way you interact with it down the line. So composting is really the oldest form of recycling. Basically, the earth has been composting or biodegrading uh, material for years and then hundreds and thousands of years. And then humans were like, hey, that looks cool. Let's do that. That's (laughs) a good idea. (laughs) So it's not a new concept at all. They did it in ancient Egypt. They've been doing it. Uh, Indigenous people have done it for um, uh, centuries. So this is a really old practice. I suppose up until recently that was was trash, like quote unquote, the waste. Now we have all kinds of trash, but I guess originally- yeah. yeah. Hundreds and hundreds of years yeah. ago, food would have been the main waste besides probably animal product and whatever they're, you know. Well, and they say, you know, <laughs> humans are the only creatures that make waste. Interesting. Um, every other True. ecosystem, the waste of one is the food for another. Mm-hmm. Um, so the waste of a tree, which is its leaves falling, is the food for the the, the forest floor. The How mushrooms. How do we get back to that? That's what um, I want. Oh, the mushrooms. The mushrooms. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, there's a returning of this natural Ugh. system. Okay, so before we get into facts... How did you found your company, Compostable LA? Um, So I'm from Boston originally, and uh, Boston has a a very different residential situation. You can Mm. compost in your backyard a lot of the times because it's these duplexes and triplexes. Yeah. Yeah. East Coast. East Coast. But when I moved to Los Angeles, I was living in a huge apartment complex, and uh, there wasn't a pickup service like there was back in Boston. There's a service in Boston called Bootstrap Compost um, that does basically what compostable does. It's not like I came up with original idea. I just filled 
a need that I saw in my community because I wanted to be able to compost, but I didn't have a yard and able to do that. Mm-hmm. And um, LA Compost is a nonprofit in Los mm-hmm. Angeles and has drop-off sites all throughout the city. But I found that cumbersome for at least my lifestyle. And I figured if I found that cumbersome, yeah. I couldn't be the only so one. So many yeah. others, yeah. Right? Some people find a lot of meaning and connection to that. And some people find it to be an obstacle. Yeah. So I just wanted to fill this particular gap in um, the, you know, composting ecosystem of Los Angeles. Awesome. And I love how it's growing now. Like just recently it became mandatory to put your organics in the green bin in a lot of places, but you know, that's not everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. Like in the state. So it's all really exciting. It actually is everywhere in the state. It's a state bill. You're mandated in um, California to now compost. So everywhere is going to have to roll out some kind of composting system in California. That's Amazing. So exciting. Well, we can jump into facts. We have a couple points we want to to touch on. Mm-hmm. Um, I found just to kick us off on the USDA website that their statistic for 2010 was 161 billion dollars worth of food was wasted mm-hmm. and that's like, mm-hmm. oh all along the journey i guess from yeah. being pulled out of the ground not even making it to the market mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not making it off the market shelves wasted mm-hmm. in your home because you don't eat it and and whatnot so that's a lot of food waste mm-hmm. yeah you know typically farmers are overproducing food mm-hmm. for a variety of reasons they can't predict weather pests um what will be rejected from supermarkets for visual defects so there's this overproduction of food Um, right at the beginning, which leads to a lot of waste. And then, like you said, along the journey, maybe the spoilage um, when being transported. um, And then maybe, you know, there's all these options at a supermarket and one option in particular for whatever reason, price or, you know, is not being chosen. And then particularly in wealthier communities, um, there's an, you can afford to waste food. Uh, Yeah. It's really sad. So preparing, sorting, disposing, I mean, all these efforts and energy and resources, water, you the know, water, I mean, water. Human, that always kills me labor, the most. all these things, you know, and then we're just throwing away. Yep. Yeah. Probably Cause half. Because it's blemished or, you know, I happen to order out twice instead of actually cooking the food that I planned to cook. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's a thought process. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's something really important for people to connect with. One person was like, you know, there's a lot of energy in getting water to your house. So Mm -hmm. you're not just wasting water, you're wasting the energy it took to Uh, get there, you know? And so really understanding the complex systems involved in our food systems is really important. Interesting. So we wanted to hear about the journey of compost. You know, you (laughs) described it as a verb and like as a noun, which I thought was really cool. But what are all the things that go into it, like the temperatures and the Yeah, what's the mixture? science behind what's happening yeah, in so compost? Let's get geeky with this. Yeah. Let's, get, <laughs> let's get geeky with this. Yeah. So there's lots of different ways to compost. Compost is a human-managed system, and, and mm. so how humans manage that system is going to differ. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will talk about thermophilic composting in this regards, cool. which is high heat heat composting. It's what basically most people are doing if they're managing a a large amount of organic material. Um, So compostable does uh, thermophilic composting, LA compost, and and all the way up to the big guys. Um, 
So what happens is that you want your compost pile. You're going to create a pile, which is a mixture of food scraps and carbon, which Mm -hmm. is like tree material. You're going to create a a beautiful little recipe of that. Uh, Add some water, add some air, and Mm -hmm. you're going to get cooking. So what I mean by that (laughs) is you're not cooking. Uh, The microbes are going to be cooking that. So thermophilic um, bacteria moves in, gets these piles up to ideally about 131 degrees just via activity. So these piles can get this hot. Friction, things like acting in the soil. Right. So, you know, here in LA, I'll have a pile that's 131. And in Juneau, Alaska, they'll have a pile that's 131. Are you measuring the temperatures? Absolutely. Do you have a way to do that? You yes. like stick a thermometer in the soil? Sure do. Really? Yes. It's that simple? Yes. Yes. And you stick it. Yeah. And it's awesome. really important to monitor those temperatures because mm. you need it to maintain that heat to kill off pathogens, weed seeds. Um, so really it breaks down like that for about a month um, where there's this thermophilic activity. You have to aerate it you know, so that's when you see people turning Turning the piles, Mm -hmm. right? Because that's getting some air through. Exactly. That microbes are going to suck up all that air really quickly. And if they do, then we create what's seen in a landfill, these anaerobic conditions and a different set of microbes is going to move in if it's anaerobic. And the byproduct of anaerobic microbes is methane. Mm. So that's how you're getting, that's why landfills, organics and landfills produces methane because it's, there's no oxygen. All the oxygen is used up. So making sure your pile is well oxygenated during this very active hot period is super important. And then it's going to start cooling down once a lot of the feedstock has been consumed by those microbes. Mm. Um, It it comes down to about a hundred degrees and a different set of microbes move in to finish breaking down the process. I find that all really fast. Right? How, yes. Yeah, they just appear. They're just, they just, like, we, yeah, think like, we are so important as humans and our place in this planet. Some people don't even care about the universe. They're just concerned with this planet. But then on that level, that's a whole nother There's a whole universe other world. Yeah. and oh, world yeah. going on. And the fact that they know to come in at a certain time right. to finish them off. Wait, microcosm. Are, yeah. are we, can I easily just go on to say like, this is the poop? No. The, no, no, is it their spit? Like, what <laughs> yes. are, how are we, how are they, like, what are they doing yeah. in there? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, some of it is their byproduct for sure. So, whenever somebody says like vermicastings, mm-hmm. composting, yeah, which is, in my opinion, the really highest quality of compost, but that's different from thermophilic compost okay. because worms would die in that heat. But they ah, are part of the peak. Okay. They are part of the soil food web that moves in once it cools down to finish that process. So um, they're going to help break that down and basically stabilize that material. Mm. So for about two months, it's cooling down. It's what we call curing, um, finishing the decomposition process. And then it's safe to amend your garden with that material. Wow. Yeah. But in vermicomposting... That's when the worms are just squiggling, wiggling around, consuming your food scraps. Oh, okay. And they are naturally, those are cool piles, but it's naturally um, going to kill pathogens. Okay. So there's something about worm saliva that's amazing at killing pathogens, which is so weird and awesome. But even the saliva on the outside of the body kills pathogens. Yeah. So Whoa. it's crazy. Um, you talked about methane, mm-hmm. right? So- why is methane so bad? Why do we, you know, why is that worrisome? Yeah, great question. So 
Methane in the first 20 years of its life is 80 times worse than carbon dioxide. So if we're talking about um, stopping global warming by 2050, methane is a huge target we have to hit. Um, it's a, it's a greenhouse gas. Many people, you know, think of greenhouse gas, they automatically think of carbon dioxide, Mm -hmm. but methane's a pretty potent one as well. Yeah. So this is the big movement right now of the green bin to not put your food in a garbage bag, basically, and lock it up in there. This is the concept, am I right? In saying, let's try not to put our food into the garbage bag. Yeah. So, and I like to expand on this, you know, I think- One thing that California has gotten right is this focus on diversion from organics from the landfill because Mm. of the methane creation. But one thing they've gotten wrong is just focusing on diversion. It's Mm. all focused on divert, Mm. divert, divert. And when I talk about a noun and a verb, we're missing the noun. We're only focused on the verb of composting. But if you... If you just focus on that, maybe you're going to send that food scraps to an anaerobic digester to create electricity. We're not replenishing anything. But there's, yeah, there's, we're losing our topsoil at an alarming rate, Mm -hmm. which is going to affect future food systems. So we really need to be making a soil amendment from this. So there's this important thing to balance. There's two benefits of composting. One is this diversion from the finite resource that is a landfill, right? Mm-hmm. Unless we want a whole world of landfills. Yeah, uh, we're running out of space. And the other is the creation of a soil amendment. And there's right. two, there's so, it's a, important to keep both of those in mind. Interesting. Yeah. So, um, you know, a third of our farmable land across the globe has desertified, Ugh. meaning this it's- This makes me sad. Yeah, this is serious. <laughs> meaning yeah. it's no longer farmable. And so- Wow. Um, you know, as climate change worsens, we're going to see a greater impact to our topsoil, which mm. is the top eight inches, which is most vital to plant life. Which would normally be in a normal environment where things are composting. They're breaking that, down, breaking naturally, down yeah. naturally on that top. Replenishing it right there. Yeah. Right. So as a result of colonialism, we brought practices um, from England, which is a very specific agricultural zone all across the globe to more vulnerable ecosystems. Uh. And those vulnerable ecosystems could not handle the same agricultural practices such as tilling and monocropping. Wow. Yeah. So they've completely depleted the soil um, biology mm. that exists. And then on top of that, we've added harmful chemicals like herbicides and yes. pesticides, which further pulls life out of the right. soil. So we, we've killed our soils across the globe. And this is why amending the soil with something, you know, compost is a probiotic for the soil. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. going to reintroduce biology. Wow. So that's why it's so important to be creating this really super dense, nutrient rich mm. But end product for that that portion too of um, stabilizing food systems. Amazing. It's, it's is this like the result of some of those post apocalypse movies where there's just dust bowls flying everywhere? One thousand percent. One thousand percent. Yes. Um, all right, we're gonna leave you on the dust bowl. We're gonna take a quick break and from uh, our sponsor, Hot Mobile Disco, and we'll be back with hacks around how can you actually have a compost and sustain it. Hey! What? Did you know that Hot Mobile Disco now has a podcast channel? No. Well, they do. What can I find there? Sonic Delight. 
Sonic Delights. Sonic Delights. Cool. To find our channel on Spotify, Apple Music, and more, visit hotmobiledisco.com. That's H-A-U-T-E, mobiledisco.com. If you be my bodyguard, I can be a long-lost pal. So, welcome back. Here we are. Again, talking about compost, I think it's important to go back to the beginning, to reducing the amount of waste that we're generating, the amount of food scraps. So hacks. So the hacks, really uh, starting to think about how you can reduce your portions, meal planning. Meal planning. Not buying things just because they're cheap or on sale. For instance, I stopped going to Costco years ago because I would see this pack of blueberries and giant pack. And so you buy it because it's cheap, but then Mm. you end up not eating it and throwing half of it away. Yeah. And we do this, like we're just enticed to buy things because it's convenient, it's there, it seems cheaper because there's so much of it. But really, we're not using all of it up. We're Mm -hmm. not freezing things. We're not properly storing things so they last longer. So Mm. there's all these types of practices to make food just last longer. So my hack for that, um, I think meal planning is great. It's really hard when you're busy and everything. But when I make the effort on like a Sunday and I think what I'm going to cook for the week, we have a big household, I actually end up buying with a purpose. Mm -hmm. And then also not buying my other hack, I used to, to just be like, Sunday, I'm going to buy everything for the week. Yeah. I'm not going to go back to mm-hmm. the market. But I think actually figuring out how you can get back to the market means you will buy less fresh produce that will go off. Because I tend to do that. I'll get there and be like, yeah. I'm buying for the week. I'm going to mm-hmm. buy all this stuff. And then I end up not using it. And a week later, I'm like, crap, I didn't even use that. Whereas if I know the next three nights, this is what I'm going to cook. This is the product I need. And on the third day, on Wednesday or Thursday, I'm going to have to pop back to the market for my salad or whatever greens I'm going to make. That really helped me to Mm -hmm. have less food waste in our house. Mm -hmm. It's hard though. Yeah. Yeah. And I think storage is a huge thing. So you're going down the line, right? Like, um, you know, meal planning, then storage, mm-hmm. then maybe you cooked and then you're freezing that because you got sick of it. Right. So just st- stick it in the freezer until you're like energized by that food again. Um, you know, being realistic with yourself and yeah. what you're going to do. If you know you go out two nights a week, don't hopefully buy because <laughs> you're like, <laughs> I'm not going to go out this week. You're going to go out. Yeah. You're okay. Go and out. that's okay. Um, so, and then, you know, it goes down <laughs> to, you know, proper preparation and um, then um, uh, mindful disposal. Yeah. yeah. And reuse. I like to cook a meal that will be packed in the lunches the next day for the kids mm-hmm. or... Even like if we order in. Yeah. Like if I order myself a pad thai, I'm like, that's also my lunch. Yeah. 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 yeah you I have can't to eat think a whole that pad thai. Yeah. I was going to into your house. Yeah. I was going to say, I love this like internet meme where it's like the bag of salad in the back of my fridge, like uh-huh. watching me order takeout uh-huh. like two days in over a row. And over and over. Like, <laughs> but really yeah. getting back to being more connected to the earth and buying things yep. that are closer not as processed, right? Like oh, it, that that's also, a good thought too. Yeah, like it affects the quality of the compost, well, right? That kind of segues us into the next section, which is composting. I'll talk about my journey of composting and sure. you can just name what that is. Sure. So first, that's how I started. I was like, oh my God, worm composting. And it was the one above ground with the different layers. Yeah. And sure. then it collects yep. the compost tea at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I was so excited. I was like, I'm going to do this. And mm-hmm. I got it all in there. And I was like, 
this is a chore. Oh my God. I thought I just, I thought I was just going to throw my food in there and walk away was my thought. Um, I failed miserably with that compost. I was really hard on myself. Um, it got really moldy in there Mm. and, um, I wasn't doing it properly. And I found that one to be at that time in my life, a lot of work. So then my husband saw that I really wanted to compost. So he's like, look what I found on the street and brought me, you know, just like a big wire. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, you plop it in your backyard yeah, and you yeah. fill it. Like a, so, a round looking yeah. container that's um, made out of wire. And I was like, great, we'll just throw everything in there. That's sure. so easy. <laughs> so we started throwing everything in there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And created one, a stinky mess with lots of flies. Two, it was so big, there was no way we were filling this thing up. Sure. You know yeah. what I mean? You did all the beginner mistakes, uh, and I love like, that. Gosh. And then <laughs> I, like, gave up, right? I was like, yeah. then Sophia had a good suggestion, her her easy compost hack, which was, like, dig a hole oh, yeah. and kind of fill it and layer it. And then when it gets to a certain point, like... Trench composting. Trench composting. That's what but- I did, yeah, because I had a dog run only, like sure. little, a little strip of land. Trench and all composting. my stuff that really was just greens, like sure. no breads, not, none mm. of that. Like I literally just dug a super deep hole and then I covered it with this big old cinder block and then I would just do that down the line. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so I started design. to do that, but then, of course, lazy ass me. Um, it was yeah. a mess again. Um, during the pandemic though, I came across a, the sub pod, which goes in the ground. Um, you get your worms, it's in the ground. And, you know, I was like, this might solve all of my composting problems. I really want to, you know, conquer this. Um, meanwhile, my husband's like, not again. You're just going to create a mess. I'm like, no, this one's in the ground. It's so cool. Like they live, you know, they can move in and out of the compost bin. I really liked it. But what I learned finally on my third attempt, I guess my fourth attempt is that it is a process. You're never going to just throw it in there and walk away. You have to kind of nurture it. Uh And I succeeded. Yeah. And it was fun. And that's in my part of my garden, which if, with the sub pod, it goes in the garden around your greens. And I have all my like kale and my dandelion sure. and everything around it. Sure. Time and everything. And it's kind of like feeding each other. And I, and you're out there in your garden anyway. So for carbon, mm-hmm. which I didn't, wasn't doing before that's I ended the thing up. Most just, people forget. <laughs> yeah. That's, you're um, like, why is this moldy? Yeah. Why does <laughs> this smell? Why is this wet? Yeah. Carbon. The carbon. You and you're just carbon. I think, um, knowing the steps. So for me, my hack for carbon, cause I started with like ripping paper and sure. I was like, don't have ink paper. Cause the ink is, you know, not good and all this stuff. And I'm like ripping paper. I was like, this is crazy. So I was like looking up on the little forum they have. Uh-huh. And, uh, I got a big pile of coconut core that I keep to the side. And then I just, you know, Layer scoop it that. in, scoop it in, aerate it, close it up. And yeah, it's, it's, so I succeeded. This story is so good. This story is so good because this is she's doing it. This is all the beginner mistakes. Yeah, and I think that's really important to show people that like it's natural um, to make mistakes. Yeah. So the first um, mistake I saw is getting discouraged. Mm. Um, it's you are a little citizen scientist again, and you're fucking around and finding out. Okay, right. um, or, mess- or, find out. <laughs> say, or messing around and finding out. 
Um, and if you get discouraged, you never really give yourself that chance yeah. to experiment and play mm-hmm. um, and problem solve. Um, and I think, you know, that's a, a good characteristic of us, you know, like high functioning, anxious people, which is I self-identify as like, but I've killed hundreds of plants and I just am like, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to just give it another I think go. It's yeah. Give it another go. So step number one is always telling people to be patient with yourself, to play, to make a mistake and to fix it. Step number two that people always forget is they put their food scraps in a corner and they're like, done. <laughs> oh, uh, that's when the wrong kind of microbes get in there. Sure and does. Does. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's important. It's collecting flies. Everyone hates me in the house, but no one wants to participate in helping to put that. <laughs> right. Right. So, so, you know, composting is a recipe, no matter what style you're right. doing. It's nitrogen, which is your food scraps, mm. plus carbon, which is right. your tree material, plus mm. air and water has to be that unless you're doing Amazing. bokashi cut the Ooh, air what's out. bokashi mm. bokashi is, is a japanese like- style of composting that um ferments your food scraps before you bury it wow. yeah it's the only type of anaerobic composting i can say i support um but everything else you want a nice amount of air right so most people put their food scraps in a worm bin or a corner mm-hmm. and walk away and don't understand why it's a stinky pile of mess <laughs> and it's like well you you basically you put a bunch of bananas in the oven and you don't understand why you don't have <laughs> banana bread you didn't add any flour i was uh, like yeah. this is too That's much true. work i just yeah. want to like throw it in that pile and walk away why isn't it working <laughs> but it's um it's definitely a process i think it's habits build your yeah. little habits um but the other thing I, a friend of a, a friend of mine has tried who lives in an apartment is the lumi Oh yeah, a newer system. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the Lomi personally. Yeah, um, but I'm also not going to gatekeep composting systems that help people get there. (laughs) Yeah, to me, you're basically they claim it's composting. You cannot speed up natural systems. It takes a minimum of 14 days for something to decompose, and anything that's doing it within a day is probably just dehydrating your food scraps. Um, so to me, so you're lacking microbes. It's just not. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, you're yeah. Not they, they say the that time. you add a tablet and there's microbes in there. Mm. I'm so sorry, but microbes cannot decompose anything within 24 <laughs> hours. I don't care. Like it's yeah, it would be like reinventing gravity. Is just okay, not how that okay. functions. So, but. I think so. I think it uses a lot of virgin materials, a lot of electricity, okay. and then you can share enough. And then I you just have that. to bury them anyways. Right. Like it's not finished. You ha- so just bury it and skip that whole process right. and save yourself four hundred dollars. So let me go through some of the systems. You know, um, the the two best apartment systems is bokashi or vermicomposting. Okay, okay. Um, that's. T- tiered one you got is not my favorite i like what's called the urban worm bag it's really good um and uh i I think it it functions better than that tiered Mm. system and what you're gonna do (laughs) is you're gonna put in your bedding which is your carbon and then put in your feedstock which is your food scraps okay and then just create a layer Mm-hmm. And that's it. It can get really simple once you get used cool. to it. You just layer like it lasagna. up. lasagna. Exactly. <laughs> like the really gross lasagna for your worms. Um, so that, you know, and then alternatively for apartment people who don't want to be super involved, there's um, community compost options, which is yeah. what LA Compost is, which is what I identify as, which focus on keeping your food scraps in the community. Mm-hmm. And then there's the green bin. Um, okay. So I like, I don't, you know, I'm not a fan of being like, composting green bin composting green bin because mm-hmm. i actually think there's all sorts of systems and the mm. most sustainable way to compost is in your backyard sure. just like the most sustainable way to grow food is in your backyard right um so there's all these levels and it's important that people find systems that work for them 
That's the key, I think. Right. And it's like you say, don't be afraid of trial and error and mistakes and being discouraged and coming back, but find what works for you. But I'm, I'm very excited about the green bin though, because I think already I've seen so many people start to participate, really participate in that. I guess also we try to encourage our listeners and you're interested in composting or community composting or what's happening with the green bin. Yeah. Do a little research. So there's a, le- there's they a website called litterless.com mm-hmm. yeah. that has composting solutions in Ooh. across the United States. Litterless.com. So I think that's a really good um, resource for any of your listeners who want to find a composting solution near them. Yes. And then your awesome. service, like the service that you provide is different, right? Because it's, Door to door and sure. it go it stays Ooh. in the community, which I think is really important. Yeah. Like, yes, I love the green bin idea and it's sure. so, super accessible, it makes it super easy. Throw even the bioplastic stuff, just go ahead and throw it in there. It's like, right. you know, a catch all. But that green bin is going to travel 150 miles or however sure. far to, Vic, you know, yeah. to Victorville. So it's like, I think I'm really grateful for the company that you started because, again, it's like replenishing our soil here, right. making sure that our land is being right here in L.A. Yeah, like yeah. resuscitated. Cool. Like it's, it's local. It's dynamic. It gets community yeah. involved. So just tell us really quick about how your program works. Thank you so much for I, I think it's important to highlight all these different options. So like you said, people can find the option that's meaningful to them, yeah. values based yeah. or meaningful them accessibility based. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, community composting there's community composters across the U.S. And what we focus on is um, like anti-nimbyism. So nothing leaves our backyard. You know, mm. everything stays within the city of L.A. and replenishes our lead contaminated, mm-hmm. depleted soils right here. So compost can be used for lead remediation. It can be used for urban growing projects, urban agriculture. And usually community composters produce a very high quality yes. end product because there's, you know, there's a lot more touches basically with our members. There's more engagement and education. Um, and so there's less contamination and, um, you know, these are created in small batches. So, th- you know, it doesn't mean that small scale isn't big impact. It it just means that there's a a lot more connection there. Mm. Um, The green bins are great for people who need like a more set it and forget it. Yeah. And maybe, you know, I always, that's me. Yeah. Yeah. I always compare it to, is that what you came down to for you in the end? I compare it to the food system. You know, there's nothing wrong with the people who go to Ralph's, but it would be like if a Ralph's existed and a farmer's market didn't. Mm. You know, there's certain people who want to go to a farmer's market or who want to grow their food at home. And the same is true for composting. There's certain people who want to go to use a a big um, industrial system like the green bin. There's some people who want to use a community composting system. And there's some people who want to compost at home. Mm -hmm. And all those options are good. All right. I have a question off the back of that. Sure. We'll start with the green bin. And I know it's probably different everywhere, but like what can and what cannot go into the green bin? Sure. You don't want to put things that look like plastic that say compostable. Correct. That drives me nuts. How like now people are like, oh, but it's compostable. And you're looking at it and you're like, it literally looks like a plastic spoon. So this is what I tell people. If it grows, it goes. Um, but if it looks like plastic and feels like plastic, it's no, even for the major green bins, uh, you know, yes. a lot of them will take it, but they don't like it. Can they you don't explain want to it. the listeners why those items, which are forks, 
uh, cups that yeah. say they've been Why through rigorous can they testing. Not go in there if it's BPI certification. Just so, know, just so the listeners know. Okay, so there's there's a couple of reasons, and I'll try and blow through and them potentially really uh, catering companies also know. Yes. <laughs> so reason number one is biodegradable versus compostable. If something markets itself as biodegradable, mm. it can be just mixed with my, uh, plastic, Ooh. mixed with. Um, compostable plastics and it biodegrades into smaller pieces, which are microplastics. Right. So you want, you know, that's one reason. And like haulers can't tell what's, Mm -hmm. you know, we're not going to sift through. So that's one reason, even if everything becomes perfectly certified, the other reason is they take a really long time to break down. Yeah. And, you know, space is vital. You know, we're moving a lot of material through these systems from big haulers to small community composters. Space is really important. Mm. And if you're if this bioplastic is going to take six months to break down (laughs) versus an apple that takes 30 days. Right. It's just going to clog up that system. Okay. And then the last reason is they don't add any nutrients. No. You know, they're 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 inert. I can see that. So inert. What's that? Yeah. There's no there's no nutrient you know mm-hmm. apples are adding their their nutrients to the <laughs> right. soil um, bioplastics don't add anything no value yeah. okay so, so none of that so back to your original question of what you can compost yeah um everything can be composted um sands bioplastics and anything that's might have pfas in it which we can talk about so a cheese i can put cheese, cheese I, I yes can, but it about? depends on the system oh but like okay so if we're doing obviously i wouldn't put cheese with my worms. You could put some meat and dairy with Ooh, worms. Okay. So the way I ex- explain meat and dairy is if you're a couch potato and then get up and run a marathon, you're going to have a bad time <laughs> and you're going to blame the run. Wasn't yeah. the run's fault. You didn't train. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Meat and dairy is a marathon. You have to get your system worked up and Towards functioning. It. Oh. And it's, it's like, it's in, it's past the beginner okay. stage, it's past the initial mess ups, and then you can start introducing some of these more difficult to decompose materials to your system. And so we're talking cooked stuff, obviously. Cooked meat. No. You can put. Sure. Right. Sure. So this can go in the green bin? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So green bins take, <laughs> um, right now, uh, you know, check with your city, but most green bins take all food, including meat and dairy. Mm-hmm. Cooked um, on or uncooked. Yep. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, leftovers, you know, bread. I take all of that as well. Compostable takes bread, pasta, meat, dairy, bones, um, all of it, it. palm leaf plates, wooden utensils. We take it all. Um, you know, if you're composting at home, meat, dairy, um, and citrus for worm bins, you want to add liberally, little liberally. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I like um, that analogy. (laughs) Cold composting, where it's not getting hot, where you're just kind of putting everything in the corner, mm. no meat or dairy. Cause right. Because that's going to really get nasty. Well, your pathogens won't be killed. Mm-hmm. Okay. But hot composting can handle it all. Ooh. So I just say, you know, as a beginner, <laughs> get get comfy and then start start researching these harder to add materials. Mm-hmm. Okay. I love Baby it. Baby steps. Baby Woo! steps. Yeah. I think that leads to the next hack. Um, I think a lot of the times the discouraging phase is just collecting the food for compost. Sure. So like I wanted to break down some hacks, for example, having your compost little bin as part of your trash system. On your countertop. Yeah. On your countertop or just, I have mine next to my, like I have the recycling bin, the trash can and I have. Sure. Mm -hmm. And they're all like just cheap metal silver ones, but they look cute in the corner together. Um, and I, that really helped to, I think the habit of, of, 
unloading your compost is important because otherwise, yes, you are going to have a moldy fly infest. Well, here's the pro tip I give people. Yeah. Um, Particularly people in LA when it gets really hot in the summer, fridge Mm. or freezer. Store it in the fridge or freezer. Yeah. Um, Because that'll, if you're um, pest concerned, I mean, it's still food. It's just food you don't want to eat. It's Mm -hmm. banana rinds. You know what I mean? Um, So you could still put it in the fridge or freezer. It's not gross. Um, So I do a lot of storage in fridge or freezer in between um, composting my material. And actually, when you freeze your food scraps and then feed it to the worms, it's easier for it to break down because that cell walls have broken in Mm. the food. So that's a little, also a little pro tip. Oh, I like it. Yeah. Another pro tip I was going to say is like, don't feel like you have to buy these things now. So it's like, oh, I have a compost sure. bin. I have to buy these little bags now, like the green compostable oh, bags to throw them in. That's a bioplastic. In. Yes. Yeah. But again, people yeah. think they're doing the right thing sure. and buying those. So like my hack at home is when I cut up my fruit every week, like I cut up a pineapple or a cantaloupe. Yeah. I just take my Trader Joe's bag sure. and I put it all in there and then oh, take the go. whole Trader it's Joe's paper. bag. It's all paper. It's yeah. all paper. There's no plastic handles to it. You know what I mean? Like I'm sure there are some glues in, uh, you know, in there. Yeah. Generally the- that's okay though. Yeah. yeah. You so, know, it doesn't have a lot of ink and dyes on it. So those brown paper bags brown are paper usually bags. safe. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we tell our members. Please don't, please don't line it with compostable plastics. Mm-hmm. Like line uh. it with newspaper, newspaper's safe, line it with yeah. a brown paper bag, um, or just use Tupperware and rinse it. You yes. know, that's totally fine too. Yeah. How, what's your, uh, theory or take on people that like chop it up to make it Oh, amazing. Go Thank faster. you so much. Uh, really? Thank you to the people who chop it up. Okay. It, 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 one, you save space in your bin. Ooh. So if you're paying oh, yeah. for a membership or if you're dropping off, you don't, uh, you don't have to go as often. Because it compacts. It, it compacts. Number two is it's easier to decompose when it's so a I smaller see, I saw, like, when I was watching all my videos, people were, like, blending it. I, like, I oh blend my it Lord. for my worms. You do? I do. Oh, that's so I do. This is a round of applause. <laughs> I have a cheap blender that's like separate for the worms. Oh, that's a good hack, actually. Yeah. But if I got a cheap one from the thrift store, I blend it once a week, yeah. um, mix it with some water, pour it in the worms, and they just like, it's so much easier for them oh to consume. Gosh, I so I can that. process more material more yes. quickly through that okay. system. Yeah. Like but a, no one has to do that. But chop it up small is really worm great. Smoothie. Yeah. I was going to say also like the carbon waste mm. hacks on hand. Like for me, it was actually having coconut core, which sure. you can get at almost any garden store. And it yeah. comes in a huge block and you, I put it in this giant bucket outside. I water it, break it up, and then I have it ready to scoop Yeah. every time. Because that was actually getting discouraging for me like I said, a beginner mistake is to forget that you need to add carbon. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, that's what I did. Right. Many, many times. So here's a couple of options. One, um, local sawdust. Ooh. Um, that's what compostable uses. Um, Angel local City sawdust. Angel City Lumber or Ross Allen Reclaim um, all have sawdust and they throw it away. Oh my God. Go. So you're actually yeah. helping save them money because yes. they're not paying to have that totally. hauled. Totally, they give it to us for and free. And that would be anywhere, uh, any... With it? real like lumber. A- you don't want MDF or uh, something. Okay. So if yeah. it has real lumber there, they are paying to dispose of that sawdust wow. and you can just save it. Synergy. Um, Synergy. They love it. They I love free. it. It's uh-huh. free. It's totally free. That's more um, free than, I'm going to try that. You should. <laughs> I mean, coconut core is not really expensive. It lasts yeah, but it's a an extra really thing. long time. And it's but not it local, an extra right? Thing. It's sure. not it's local. Sure. I like this. Another mm-hmm. thing is buy a shredder. 
Yes. And that's done. Like you, a paper shredder? A pa- buy a paper but shredder. Then what's the whole thing? Or about get one like from ink? your Ask Faro Give Group. Yes. Buy nothing group. I love Free my buy on Craigslist. Of course, yes. <laughs> store app. No. Um, um, because I, I was getting nervous about that because people were talking about ink. I think the ink is less of a concern than okay. the bleach. Yeah. So Ooh. white paper you don't want so in there. One what? thing that I, I rec- encourage people to switch to, and it's a great carbon source, is unbleached or naturally whitened paper towels. Mm hmm. Okay. Because then if you clean up spills, you can put that right in. That's carbon. <gasps> Cardboard is carbon. Yeah, Leaves I have is carbon. Mulch is carbon. So there's lots of different options. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these are great. I'm already like learning. Well, obviously, wow. <laughs> if you have a garden, your garden waste. Duh. Oh, if it's brown. So let it die off because what? What? Ha- oh. if it's green, it's releasing nitrogen. Mm. It's nitrogen based. Once it turns brown, the nitrogen has been released. And now it's it's carbon yes yeah so, so like dead leaves. then again we're going back to the idea that you have the space to put your garden waste in a corner let it dry yeah out. sure which yeah. is i mean some people have land and i i see that when i visit a lot of california farms or whatever yeah. they'll, they'll have an area and it has the different piles yeah, but sometimes you just have a garage yeah and you just put it in a bucket in your garage nice. um but if you're on a patio then maybe you just have sawdust or something yeah, or yeah, paper yeah. or yeah. cardboard mm-hmm. or pizza boxes that you've ripped up we all have pizza boxes Ooh, at least pizza weekly boxes. yeah yeah that's all yeah. options yeah <laughs> you get one of those industrial like those are dope shredders too and they you can do cardboard in there yeah nice well Michelle, I think it's about that time. I to know. S- Unless you have any other hacks that you want to throw in there hacks. or words of wisdom. Yeah. Actually, composting. I do. Um, rely on your community. So composters are have already problem solved most of the problems you're going to do. Right. And there's no reason for you to go through this by yourself yes. and get discouraged and, you know, reinvent the wheel. Reach out to a composter that you know, and they're, you'll be surprised. You know composters, okay? They're over there. And if not, you know me now. <laughs> Ask me. Because you know what? For me, it's easy. Yeah. I've, I've studied this for years. I, I can give you cool. suggestions. I probably already have it typed out. Yeah. All I got to do is sit forward, you know? So, but for you, you would spend hours mm-hmm. researching, get discouraged, you know, yeah. get burnt out. Yeah. Something else is being neglected while you do that. And for me, it's five minutes of copy and paste send, you know? So Love it. community. Yeah. So we can bombard our listeners yeah. to yeah. your website. Send an email. Come to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of which, thank you for listening to episode 13, hack 13 composting, a little bit about food waste. Do you want to share your website? Oh, sure. CompostableLA.com or for Instagram, it's at compostable.la. Great. Any other way people can find you or resources you want to share? Um, Litterless for sure. Oh, yes. Um, LA Compost for anybody that lives in Los Angeles um, is also amazing. It's free drop-offs throughout the city. So Litterless is anywhere, any listeners that aren't in LA can go find. Sure. Yeah. Communities. Oh, and the Compost other two is um, Share Waste and Make Soil. Those are two apps oh. where a neighbor might be composting and want more food scraps, and you can bring it to them. Ah, I, I love, love that. that. Or someone might say, oh, I brew all this coffee, and I have all these coffee grounds. Who wants it? And somebody might be like, I have chickens, and I can use it as chicken bed. You mm-hmm. know, it's great. Amazing. So I think those are two awesome okay, resources. Okay, great. Yeah. And as always, you can visit zerowastelifehackspodcast.com. We do a blog post about this episode and we'll definitely have all those links in there for easy click through. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so glad to have had you on the show and just 
get to share this space with you. And yeah. this was a great episode. We had a lot to discuss. Yeah, so. this, was, this was meaty. Yeah, it was meaty. It was meaty. But thank you so much for talking go compost. And, go out and make some soil. Put compost. your fingers in it. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Yay. <laughs> is a Hoot Mobile Disco production. Our team at HMD Studios recorded, mixed, and produced the episode you heard today. For more information about our channel, other podcasts, music, live performances, and more, please visit hootmobiledisco.com. That's H-A-U-T-E mobiledisco.com.